Thanks for joining us. This is your host, Taylor Bradley, and you're listening to the Troop HR Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Taylor Bradley, your host. And today I'd like to start out with a quick reminder. All episodes of Troop HR are intended solely for educational and entertainment purposes and should not be construed as legal advice. Listeners are strongly recommend to consult with their own legal counsel for any specific legal matters or concerns. Now, today I am joined by Judy Husbands, who is the partnership manager at Mod Squad, a company dedicated to supporting U.S. companies facing talent retention challenges amid immigration complexities. As a second-generation Korean who has traversed both the U.S. and Canadian immigration systems, her family ultimately planted roots in Canada. Having recently shifted careers from advertising to helping global talent and establishing lives and careers in Canada, Judy shares her passion for fostering inclusive communities and facilitating seamless transitions for foreign national tech talent and their families in Canada. Judy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Taylor, and thank you for having me here today. I'm, as always, just incredibly excited to continue to meet individuals like yourself. And there's a lot of ground that I think we can cover today. But first, oh, yeah. I think it would be helpful to start out at the ground level. Can you give us just a brief introduction of what companies like yours do for listeners like ours? Great question. I feel like there's so much that I can share, but truly why it's important to have this time and just explain what Mob Squad does is that we connect with clients that are currently struggling to retain their exceptional technology talent. So you have companies all over the U.S. that have um, amazing technology talent that have been supporting their companies. And unfortunately, due to their work visas and work authorization in the U.S., um, which are quite rocky, they're left often having to go back to their country of origin or looking for expensive alternatives to remain in the U.S. So what we're here to really provide is a solution to say, hey, you guys can stay supporting your companies, um, but relocate to Canada and have a bit more of a secure path from an immigration perspective. I know that many of the listeners, especially operating in tech, deal with this on a routine basis. And today... I don't necessarily want to explore the laws and things around that nature because that's left more towards legal counsel. But an area that I had found often overlooked is the personal side of this journey. And in the experiences that you've been a part of since you've made the transition from advertising into this role, what are some of those key attributes that you think have often been overlooked? I think it's truly helping people. I think people often associate us with EORs and PEOs, which typically just take on payroll. Um, and so they really don't provide much support outside of that. And so I think where we really stand out is that we are providing a full turnkey solution here, aiming to truly provide white glove service in that we bring not just individuals, but their families. So for example, if you're a software engineer and you've already got married in the U.S. and you have a child or children, you can now bring them all with you to Canada. And then we help with that whole relocation and resettlement process because we want to set people up for success here. We don't want to just bring people to Canada and leave them high and dry and make them fend for themselves. No, we'll help them find accommodations. We'll help suggest schools for their children. 
Well, we've even helped spouses find jobs as well. So I think what's so important, what I'm truly passionate about and why I, I joined Mob Squad really in the first place is to do just that because I completely understand what these people have gone through or are going through and the life that they can have here. In my own personal journey, my wife immigrated to the United States and that was a multi-year process that brought yeah. with it its own unique pressures. And a couple of things that you mentioned there, I do think it often overlooked. So one, if someone's coming with a spouse, True. their eligibility to work and the concern that potentially losing that secondary income for their family and the impacts it could have, but also individuals not getting access to schools. So when it comes to that, is that something that is a differentiator in what you all do? Or are there other organizations doing similar work? I just want to understand a bit more about what sets you all apart as part of this journey. Yeah, absolutely. And you've mentioned it right there. The key differentiator here is that we're actually partnered with the Canadian government. And so what that has allowed us to do is bring not just individuals, but their families to Canada on an expedited um, time frame. And so within as little as four weeks, we can get families here to Canada. And obviously on the back end, we have an entire team dedicated to helping facilitate that transition and make it very smooth. And then to your point, it's not just that the individual that we're helping is getting a work permit, but their spouse is getting an open work permit. And their children are getting study permits. And then it's all on that same expedited time frame. So I think that truly is a huge relief when it comes to people that have been struggling to find a, a permanent path to stay in the U.S. that we can now just alleviate as they're coming to Canada and reassure them that it doesn't end there. That's like the beginning. And then we help them also on a path to permanent residency all the way through to citizenship. That's fantastic. And again, quite a journey for these individuals. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to some of the success stories and less about the company perspective, but what has the individual success stories you've seen? What feedback have you gotten about the support you all have given to individuals? Yeah, it's been incredible. And to be quite honest, like super rewarding as somebody that's working and being at the front line of all of this. So just a few stories I can share. Actually, I'll, share I'll share one that really was super meaningful in a very unfortunate time. It was just about the time that the war broke out in Ukraine and there was a Ukrainian national in Ukraine with his family and his daughter, she had written in her journal that her dream was to move to Canada one day. And so they had reached, I still get like, I still get goosebumps as I'm telling the story. Because when I first heard it, I was just like, wow, is this crazy that we were able to do this? So he reached out to us. I think he's on ad on, on Instagram, to be quite honest. And within less than a month, we were able to bring him and his spouse and his daughter here to Canada. Once they arrived, I think he shared with us that the one thing she said to her, uh, him was, you know, thank you, daddy, for making my dreams come true. And obviously just such a sensitive time as the war broke out there, but they were able to get out. So we were happy to help them. That's amazing. And I think something that's important for our listeners to recognize is the diverse, high quality talent that you can bring in. One of the areas that I've recognized in the United States, when you look at Department of Labor, JOLTS reports, 
is the job seeker ratio remains stubbornly around 0.7. There's just not enough applicants out there to fill roles. And I know that's not necessarily something new to our listeners, but having a more international view of where you can uh, bring in talent from will likely help you fill and maintain those roles that you need in your organization, especially STEM roles. Have you seen that with your clients that they're using this as more of a differentiator to help fill talent needs in their organization? Yeah, absolutely. That's another, I would say, arm of our our business, right? We not only help companies retain their talent that are struggling to remain in the U.S., but certainly hire on for nationals that they might not have access to that talent pool. So we certainly have access to a global talent pool. We've done studies in terms of what countries around the world have a high propensity of wanting to relocate to Canada. And then diving into those specific areas of talent that are in high need. And typically software engineers are are, are vast and outside of North American landscape. And so we're able to access the talent pool. And a third, I would say, is there's companies that have offshore talent that they now have found a need to want to bring them closer. So we've actually even been able to create little hubs within Canada. Um, We have a little remote team in Calgary, a little remote team in Toronto. Uh, We have offices in Vancouver and Halifax as well. And so what that allows us to do is help companies create these little remote teams together, which is really neat supporting the same company, but working within the same time zone, which is- I think it's a unique <laughs> approach. And yeah. there's just this amazing global talent pool out there that in yes. many parts of the world is untapped. And so I do think that making that connection for organizations will help them fulfill their talent as well as introduce introducing uh, diversity into their organization. So Very important. the other aspects that I think are interesting that you've alluded to along the way is, again, I'm not looking at specific laws here, but just overarching trends. Are you finding that immigration or volume is increasing to Canada while other parts of the world may be having difficulties processing or limiting laws and things like that in their communities? What is that trend been? Yeah, well, the trend in Canada, I mean, it continues to grow from an immigration perspective. And I'm sure you've heard in the news a lot of kind of negative, I would say, tone towards Canadian immigration. We're on the side of pro-immigration in Canada. Like our population is built off of immigration. So I think the key factor here is that our goal is to bring in highly skilled immigrants into this country. And so that's kind of an area that we're we're focused on and we still see like the huge value in it. The unfortunate thing for the U.S. is that they continue to battle things such as H-1B lottery, which we know year over year only have an, has an acceptance rate of 85,000 out of, I believe last year there was 780,000 applicants applications in total. And the year pre- pre- previous to that was 480. And so that number of applicants in the U.S. continues to grow and large, yet the actual acceptance pool continues to remain the same. So, you know, you you see one side of the border that's like, uh, we're not budging. And then the other side of the border in Canada being like, yes, open arms, please come. <laughs> and so it, that's kind of cool to see. But yes, fortunate for us, not so fortunate for the U.S. Yeah, and I, I really like the idea of that talent magnet, bringing in that high quality talent to the organization. 
I'm sorry, into country, I'm sure it'll be interesting to see the long-term trends and the impact it may have on GDP in Canada versus com countries that are not embracing that type of model that you expected. So that'll be interesting to follow long-term trends. Now, with your background and experience, I don't want this opportunity to pass us by. And I'd like to talk a bit about your personal journey as well. You've mm -hmm. made this career transition from advertising into this field. I feel like that's a unique journey. Could you just elaborate a little bit about how you fell into this role? So, I mean, I was, I kind of fell into advertising too, to be quite honest with you. And here's what I loved about advertising. I loved um, the creativity behind getting the message across to a unique audience, right? And so I think I'm able to apply that to this, but also have such a meaningful and purposeful association with this company. I think it's the mission here. If you ever get a chance to speak with our founder, Irfan Raji, or even our president and CEO, Kimani, like they're very well versed in all things immigration to Canada. And this was really fueled by a passion of, of Irfan's to bring as many foreign national highly skilled talent into Canada and set them up for a life of success. So that whole explanation I made earlier about really helping these people, if you double click into everything that we've done as a, as, a, as a company outside of just like the business aspect of things, it's truly about helping people succeed. And so I think we have personal relationships with like all of our engineers that come here. We know them, we meet their families, we meet their children. We host events on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis with like the families. And so it's really cool that we get to spend this time to forge these amazing relationships that we otherwise probably wouldn't be able to. And something that I certainly couldn't really do in advertising. <laughs> so yeah, I think the journey to here makes it really exciting to wake up in the morning and show up, not just for the company, but for these people. That is a, a fantastic journey to be a part of, right? Yeah. And you share a great story involving the, the family from Ukraine. Since you've been at the organization, what is a, a lesson that you've learned that you wish you would have known on day one? I mean, I feel like I'm constantly learning here. <laughs> There's like never a day where I don't learn something. I think just... When I started here, it was really just learning the business and understanding how we're helping these people because I think I was so new to the world of like the structure. So immigration and business, if you, you know, I always looked at immigration as my own personal um, journey, right? It wasn't like, how do I fit that in with the business model now? Being able to like listen to people and understand what their story is and be patient with the time that it takes to to help them through this journey right versus like just making a business transaction which is very much like advertising it's just you do the business and you move on to the next thing for me the thing that you keep coming back to that really resonates with me is the whole story behind the process this is a journey people are going on and i vividly remember a call that i received it ended up being around 2 a.m my time from one of our team members who was running into issues with their visa, 
that fortunately got resolved. So I'll get the good Thanks. news up first. But at that moment in time, there was this visceral concern of where am I? I have to move my family back. I have to pull my kids out of school if this doesn't go through. This is really impactful for people's lives. I, I mean, I'm getting chills even remembering yeah. this call, but it, it's just, that's what it seems like you keep coming back to and you find probably difficult. I know if it was for me, but difficult to go through sometimes, but also incredibly gratifying to help those individuals succeed in that journey. Yeah. No, that's great. I mean, just that the ability and having the, the access to be able to help these people, I think is truly powerful. And one more area that I think is unique with your background that I'd love to get your insights on before we get into the lightning round here is you come from a world of advertising and marketing. And on the podcast, we've talked a lot about building personal brand in the workplace. Would you have any just practical tips or advice? They can be from like having a nice LinkedIn to whatever you feel is important from having this unique background that you do have. Yeah, I mean, yes, absolutely. Your socials are important because oftentimes people will go there first, right? To to understand who you are and what they can learn from you or what they can, you know, ask of you. Um, so I don't know. I feel like with building your personal brand, it's just all about being genuine, right? And I think that was one of the common goals from an advertising perspective is how do you come off as being genuine and resonate with who you're trying to speak to, right? The more you try to push a message down somebody's throat or you're just putting on this like fake facade, people can see through that now. So yeah, I just truly believe that just being your genuine self as much as possible is the best way to build your personal brand. I love that. That is fantastic. So now we'll transition to the lightning round Ooh, here. If, if you're ready, right? I'm ready. Again, there's no wrong <laughs> answer. So this is great. All right. So to start out, best career advice in one sense. Ooh, um, I would say network with your industry and build strong relationships. Love it. All right. Yes. Next up, favorite HR tool for understanding uh, immigration or a book related to the subject. So, I mean, I really have to take this opportunity to plug one of our board members, but he's also a Harvard business professor. Uh, his name is Dr. William Kerr. He wrote a book called The Gift of Global Talent. When I first started working here, it's certainly something that I sunk into. Talks about how the global mobility of skilled workers shapes, you know, economies and societies and kind of just emphasizing the benefits and challenges of the talent flow in this day and age, uh, especially in this remote world. And so I learned a lot, had a lot of takeaways and also made me kind of understand how like HR professionals can read that book and, and take away from that um, a, lot of, a lot of keynotes. And it's the gift of global talent, The correct? gift of global talent, yes. And if you need a copy, please let me know. I can definitely oh, get you one. <laughs> I'll always take a copy. And for listeners, I'll put a for link in the description yeah. to, yes. to the book there so you all can check that out as well. All right. One hot take, immigration okay. or HR opinion. Well, my hot take on immigration is more of a message, <laughs> a promotion. Like if you're born national in the U.S. and you're in technology and you love your job, move to your friendly neighbors to the north, Canada. Like think of it as, a, as an option. A lot of people just don't. So that's my hot take. It's great. All right. And final one, how can our listeners connect with you and your organization? 
course. Socials, LinkedIn is is ideal. Please follow us on on LinkedIn. Look up Mob Squad, or you can follow me, connect with me on LinkedIn. I would love to have a chat. Or they can email, call me. I love a good old school, old fashioned phone call still. Um, connecting with people through that device that a lot of people don't like to use other than to text. Yeah. Yeah. So you can connect with me multiple ways. Judy, and I'm similar to you. My one-on-ones that I have with my direct report, sometimes we do a phone call, not a Zoom, believe it or not. You know? What is that? It's wild. (laughs) It's wild. Well, Judy, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. I am so happy you were able to join us. And any just parting thought for our listeners? Honestly, like I think this whole Troop HR community has been just instrumental. We just started this partnership with them and we're so excited to meet everybody. Thank you, Taylor, honestly, for just giving us this time and platform to to have a discussion and share our thoughts. And I just encourage people to reach out to us. They need us. We're here. Sounds great. Thank you, Judy, for your time. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Troop HR podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to subscribe and leave a five-star rating. If you would like to learn more about our community, please visit TroopHR.com. In the meantime, keep living the dream.